0: This is All-Stars, and I'm your all-star host, Dr. Helen Fisher. Joining me tonight live in studio is my comedic co-host, Chuck Nice. Hey,
1: Helen, how are you? I'm just fine. How about you, kid? I'm doing well. I'm <laughs> so happy to be here. I'm always happy to be here with you. And same, kid. Yeah, it's always such a just a wonderfully informative and fascinating conversation about the, the thing that everybody wants to know about. The evergreen topic. That's, it's, I mean, it just never, ever no. goes out of vogue. No, nope. Love. Love. Uh,
0: they were talking about it 30,000 years ago, probably 300,000 years ago, and they're yeah. going to be doing it if we survive as a species a million years from now.
1: Yeah, I mean. It you,
0: makes the world go round, and it's true. You, you would think we would have figured this out by now. <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure it out, to be you honest really you. are. You
1: really are. You're doing a bunch of stuff. So wait, your, your latest thing is this uh, color project, right? It's Color.
0: Oh, you know, um, it's a my personality that, project. That's your personality. Oh, yeah, project. that's a big uh, that's a big
1: deal. Yeah, big and deal. so how does that relate to your your work and your research and you know what is it the color project?
0: Okay. Um. Um. In two thousand and five, match.com A couple days before Christmas, called me up and wanted me to meet with them, and I did two days after Christmas. I didn't even know who was in the room, but anyway, as it turned out, it was the CEO on down. And in the morning, middle of the morning, he turned to me and he said, Helen why do you fall in love with one person rather than another?
1: Interesting. And I
0: said, I don't know. Nobody knows. We do tend to fall in love with somebody from the same socioeconomic background, same general level of intelligence, same general level of good looks and education. Uh, Certainly, uh, your your religious goals and your economic goals and your reproductive goals are important. Mm -hmm. Your childhood always plays a role. But you know, you can walk into a room and everybody's from your background, same general level of intelligence and good looks, etc. And you don't fall in love with all of them. So I began to think to myself...
1: (laughs) Speak for yourself. I mean, not all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you.
0: It's a good game. You know, you can't lose. You got them all. (laughs) But go ahead. But anyway, um, I began to think, you know, people will say we have chemistry or we don't have chemistry. What do they mean by that? Could it be that human nature, that we've evolved the drive to be drawn naturally to some people rather than others? So in other words, it's not just your background and your education, but basic body or brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. So, because I am a neuroscientist and an anthropologist, I began to look for the last 50 years Mm -hmm. of academic literature, looking for any trait at all linked with any biological system in Mm -hmm. the brain. Mm -hmm. Now, the brain's full of systems, but most of them keep the heart beating or the eyes uh, blinking. They're not linked with any personality traits, but I did find four... Um, brain systems that each one of them was linked with a constellation of personality traits, the dopamine, serotonin, testosterone, and estrogen systems in the brain. So if you're very expressive of the dopamine system in the brain, you tend to be novelty-seeking, risk-taking, curious, creative, spontaneous, energetic, mentally flexible, and really um, linked with idea generation, inventive. If you're very expressive of the traits in the serotonin system, I call those people who are uh, the risk taker, novelty seeker people, explorers. Okay. Those people who are very expressive of the traits in the serotonin system, I call them builders. They tend to be traditional, conventional, follow the rules, respect authority, right. cautious, not scared, but right. cautious. That's what we um, call
1: sturdy people. There you go. They're very uh, sturdy.
0: They're, they're, uh, uh, Mike Pence is a perfect example. Right. So is Mitt Romney. I think you're a perfect example of the explorer, the high mm-hmm. dopamine type.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with you there. Yeah. (laughs) Because i got to tell you, I am nothing like Mike Pence. (laughs) You're the
0: opposite. You are the opposite. Yes, exactly. And so am I. And so am I.
1: I'm Mike Pence,
0: not Mike Pence. (laughs) And everybody will agree with you. Right. Anyway, the other two are the people who are very high testosterone. I call them directors. and uh, And people who are very high estrogen, I call them negotiators. So if you're very expressive of the testosterone system, you tend to be analytical, logical, direct, decisive, tough minded, good at what we call rule-based systems. Everything from math, engineering, computers, music. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're very expressive of the traits in the uh, the estrogen, estrogen system. Yeah, uh, I call them negotiators. You tend to be contextual, um, holistic, synthetic thinkers. Good at long-term planning. Good mm-hmm. at living with ambiguity. Very imaginative. Good people skills, verbal skills, social skills. Um, trusting and emotionally expressive, and and a host of other things too. So anyway, I created a questionnaire to see to what. Degree, you express the traits in all four of these brain systems. Mm. I put that um, questionnaire on Match.com and on a new site that I started with Match called Chemistry.com mm-hmm. and four, over 14 million people have taken that questionnaire.
1: Wow, that's and a lot of data. That's
0: a lot. Of, I'm, I'm just drowning in data. Wow. Which is beautiful because that's not, most academics can't come close to that. I was thrilled with that. That's great. And then I started a new company called NeuroColor. It's the second generation of that questionnaire because I'm refining it. And so that's the questionnaire that you actually took. This is the second one, the NeuroColor questionnaire. So I broke it down into, for example... You are very high in the dopamine system, so you're curious and creative, no question. But you're also very inventive, as you would have to be if you were a comedian. You got to be inventive with almost every sentence. I don't have to be inventive I, now. I do, as a writer, have to be creative with every paragraph. Right. But most scientists will focus on one thing and just sort of doggedly go through the the technical details of it, et cetera. They don't have to be inventive more than a few times. And they're, they're like, "You got to be inventive all the time." I only time. have
1: to be inventive if I want to be good. (laughs)
0: well you are good and you are inventive so bottom line is we're all a combination of all four of them right and I for example am very high on the dopamine system I'm a risk taker novelty seeker I certainly hope I'm creative uh, definitely, extremely curious. Been to 106 countries in my life. Wow! Uh, Travel around the world all the time. That's amazing. Yeah, I've been to North Korea. I've been to the highlands of New Guinea. Been to Saudi Arabia and Iran. Been to Mongolia. Just got back from Algeria and Tunisia. Look at that! Yeah, and
1: I, when, so of all these places, I, I will ask you, and this is a, a, a quick uh, digression. Um, of all these places that you have visited around the world, um, what place would you say? Uh, houses these strangest love rituals.
0: Wow!
1: Yeah,
0: that's a good question.
1: Because, I mean, everywhere you that's go, culturally, question. you will find love absolutely. rituals. Absolutely, absolutely. That, that's one thing yeah. that we all have in common. Right. And, and not just us, but even the animal kingdom.
0: Well, maybe Saudi Arabia, where people are walking, women are walking around in black sheets. I mean, that's pretty weird. And, <laughs> and arranged marriages, you know. Now, most places in the world, arranged marriages now, the, the kids get to see and meet the person and say yes or no to the parents' suggestions. Really? So, yes, yes. There's almost no place in the world where you get married. Now, there are places where there's child bride. Now that's, that's weird, sick. and that is sick. That, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I'm I'm not much of a judgmental person, but child brides doesn't work for me. Right. Um, but uh, to answer your question, I I don't really know. I think one of the most valuably and interesting places for me was Ethiopia.
1: Interesting. Yeah. And uh, what, what is it about? Well, Ethiopia? they're very Christian.
0: And- I didn't know that about Ethiopia. They're very Christian. Very Christian. Wow! And it's very safe. It's you could leave your wallet in the middle of the road and someone will find you and give it back.
1: If you're going to be a Christian society, you better be safe. (laughs) You're really doing a disservice to Christianity. It's just a a very
0: interesting culture. uh, Very nice. You know, everywhere I went, there were nice people. Absolutely everywhere. I mean, the Highlands of New Guinea. I think the places in the world that are the most superstitious would be the most scary for me. Okay. And, uh, um, I mean, I did hear, uh, but right before I went to the highlands of New Guinea, they had, um, they had, um, you know, set a young girl on fire and burned her to death wow. because they thought she was a witch. Now that that's scary. That's, that's that, that yeah, that's, that's a little, a little On yeah. the other hand, the people that I met there were just like you and me, same brain,
1: just, you know, just like you and me, except yeah. they burn witches.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, those some did, but not the ones I was with. No, exactly. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, we're all a combination of all four of these broad styles of things. So yes. thinking and behaviors. For example, I'm very much what i would call an explorer negotiator i'm very high on the dopamine scale and i'm very high on the estrogen scale mm-hmm. now i've watched in these 14 million people who's naturally drawn to whom, and as it turns out people who are very high on the dopamine scale risk-taking novelty seeking curious creative they go for somebody like themselves Interesting. Uh, somebody uh probably brad pitt and angelina jolie would be a good example most of our actors are high dopamine People who are very high serotonin, Mitt Romney and Ann Romney is a good example, or uh, Mike Pence and his wife. Uh, Traditional goes for traditional. In those two cases, similarity attracts. In the other two cases, opposites attract. High testosterone people go for high estrogen, and high estrogen go for high testosterone. Hmm. And I think a a good example is Hillary and Bill Clinton. She's the high testosterone. Yeah, you can tell that. And he's the high estrogen. Mm -hmm. And you know, people will ask me, you know, when I don't ever want to
1: leave you, Hillary. <laughs> I just think sometimes I, I, I feel I like I'm sick to I, slip I would, I would sleep, sleep, sleep around a little bit. But I, I always come home, baby. I and always I come home. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and in, in the whole world knows he can't stop talking. As a matter of fact, you know, we've often wondered, all long time wondered when we're going to have our first female president. Yeah. We've had our first female
1: president. It was Bill Clinton. <laughs> But it's interesting
0: to know not only what you are, but what you're not. Now, for example, the man I go out with is very high dopamine, like me, Mm -hmm. he's very high testosterone. Unlike me. Right. So those two things work perfectly. Right. But he's higher serotonin than I am. So he follows the rules, respects authority much more than I do. And here's an example. We went to the movies a few months ago. And on the way, I said, sweetie, do you have any water in your backpack? And he said, yeah, I got water. And I said, well, good. We can drink it in the movie house. He said,
1: I could oh. never do that. That's right. Yes, he, because quite, we quite have frankly, to buy you're our... not supposed to bring outside food into the into the movie house. So, exactly uh, yeah. right. All right. Exactly right. You know how I know he did that? No. That's what my wife would do. Oh, really? She she would not, if if, if I were to say, yeah, I'm going to, she would don't, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't.
0: The other night we were going to, I was going to take a little shortcut through a little park, but the park was all dirt. And I said, well, let's take this shortcut. He said, no, you might hurt the grass. And I said, but there isn't any grass. He said, there might be one blade of grass. Right. Yeah. But anyway, the bottom line what's valuable about that is once I know that that's who he is, mm-hmm. it's not like he's being stubborn. It's not like he's trying to fight with me. Right. It's who he is. And the more you get to know who somebody really is, you can reach into their brain and not only understand them, but work, but, but work with them. I don't even believe in the golden rule anymore. Do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. I say the platinum rule. Do unto others as they would have done unto themselves, and you can win.
1: Nice. Well, speaking of doing unto, I guess we ought to get to our cosmic queries. Um, let's start with Kelly Holman from Patreon, who says, Is there an additional chemical reward we get from interacting with those who play hard to get? hmm Why are they so attractive to your body, your heart, when your brain knows to stay the heck away from these people? Right. But does your brain know to stay away from these people? I mean, somebody's playing hard to get. It could be a ploy. It could just be that they right. are hard to get. Right, that's for sure. I mean, there are people who are hard to get. Right, exactly. And they—they and, and they don't like you. Right, exactly. <laughs> <They're not> gonna... <laughs> <They're not> right. <laughs> flat out. So flat out. The reason why I'm hard to get is because I don't want you. <laughs> some people have to.
0: Some people forget that, and they keep on trying. It's it's interesting how cognitively the inner quorum that drive to win that person says i'm going to get him i'm going to get him even though the outside brain says you know he's not acting like uh, right. he's not acting like he yeah. likes
1: me you shouldn't be doing you this you know you right. shouldn't
0: be doing this but that her, her question was you know why do we like people who are hard to get right um, I do think that novelty, uh, well, I know that novelty drives up the dopamine system in the brain and can give you pleasure. So we like to win. Mm-hmm. And when you can't get something and it's mysterious and it's out of reach, um, we, it can probably drive up the dopamine system right. and make you try harder. But at some point, you got to give up. Yeah. And the data show that in the long run, playing hard to get does not work. Right. And in the data also show that the more you know that somebody likes you, the more you tend to end up like
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, see, I this is not empirical at all. Right. Okay. This is me conjecturing. However, um, I kind of liken it to gambling.
0: Ah. And the same
1: thing happens in your brain when you're gambling.
0: It, th- that's right. That's yeah. not conjecture. You okay. got it
1: right. I got it right. Okay. You got it right. So it's yeah. just like, you know, like, this will be the time. This will be the time. This yeah. one's going to yeah. work. Yeah. Pull that arm. It's going to happen. <laughs> Terry, Terry. Oh, Lemon. I'm going to do it one more time. <laughs> and I think sometimes when you're dating, that, that it's that's like what's a, happening to your keep brain. Keep trying.
0: You keep trying. Yeah. We're built to keep trying. Uh-huh. And men are built to try more than women. Uh, men um, misread a lot of women. Men's, um, you know, um, come hither gestures. Yes, uh, for good uh, Darwinian reasons. I mean, millions of years ago, or let's say a million years ago, if a man. Uh, uh, failed to read a come-hither gesture from a woman, he could lose a lot. He missed
1: an opportunity. He missed an opportunity. And missed an opportunity to send his DNA into the future. There you go, Chuck. You yeah. got it. Yeah. So,
0: therefore, men are much more likely to misread women's uh, signals and to keep trying. Okay, Women now, will give
1: up sooner. So now, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt that thought, but I'm going to puts you on the spot here and ask you with that in mind, can you talk about the hashtag me too movement with respect to the, Sociological evolution of who we are, and what you said right there, which is men tend to fail to exactly. to to pick up on the cues. Right, they do. So, what should we do? Is it a matter of establishing cues that we can all identify? Is it a matter of men uh, developing greater empathy for for the female in that situation, which I think is ridiculous, um, yeah. or because I don't think men in that they're not thinking with the right head to to figure yeah. that out. Um, what do we do yeah. in that in that circumstance?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, let's make it clear that we're not talking about Harvey Weinstein. No, I'm not talking about Weinstein. <coughs> we're not, Harvey not talking Weinstein. about men who use their power to do, we're talking about this No, just you and I'm me, talking about And exactly. that's an important distinction because right. it's all got itself melded together. Right. So and now that's here, a mess.
1: Okay, now that you, you know. say that, see, and that's funny that that you mentioned that and I'm so glad that you did because you're absolutely right. I'm not talking about Harvey Weinstein. No. a pig of all pigs. Talking about, and, right, exactly. I'm talking about Aziz Ansari. A poor guy. That's what I'm I talking know, about. poor guy. A guy who goes on a date, right? right thinks the date went great. Yeah, he thinks that this girl was totally into him. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm the man. She wanted it. This was cool. We made out. I am the Mac Daddy, miggity, miggity Mac. Only to find out that she writes an article saying that this guy's a pig and that he creeped her out. And his response, which is why I believe that he didn't really know what he was doing, his response was, I'm so surprised. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I thought she liked me. I thought she liked me. Right. That's what he said. Yeah. I am so surprised. Yeah. I really thought she liked me. I, I believe
0: okay. him. First of all, I know him personally. Do
1: you? Uh, actually, I do know him. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Yes, he
0: is. I mean, there's all kinds of nice guys, who I guess, can right. be predators under certain circumstances, but he doesn't strike me as one. Right. Um, but the, bo- the only solution that I can think of is that uh, women make themselves clearer. Just make yourself clear. If you don't, if are not having a good time, go home. I do think it's an. I think it is making men more aware that they don't know good. what they're doing, and right. I think that is good. That is good. And but I think that so many men are terrified now. And I, one girlfriend of mine said, uh, she said, "How is a man? How is a woman going to know that a man likes her if he doesn't put a move on her? We wait for you to put the move on us, you know." <clears throat> By the way, ninety-two percent of men in my Singles in America study with Match.com, ninety-two percent of men would be perfectly happy having a woman ask them out
1: are you kidding me and but women i've been married for 20 years and i'm perfectly happy if my wife would have asked me everything (laughs) Uh i don't want to do the work yeah (laughs) all right we uh, we have to actually take a break this is so fascinating Uh with you
0: we have to wrap up this segment but stay tuned because we'll be right back with more of your questions Welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. I'm your host, Dr. Helen Fisher. Joining me tonight is my comedic co-host
1: Chuck Nice. That's right, man. Such good stuff, Dr. Helen Fisher. I got to tell you, uh, let's just jump back into our questions because it's uh, there's there's a ton of them here, and you know, it's all about uh, love. There's yeah, always a about, question. <laughs> all about love. Here we go. This is uh, NJ Blue um, says uh, from Twitter. Says, says, uh, is there a distinction between brain activity when determining a potential romantic relationship versus a friendship? Or can this decision be linked to DNA? Uh, at Chuck Nice Comic, if you are reading this question, then my real name is, oh, you know what? Screw you, man. <laughs> this guy just, look at what he wrote as his name. Look at that. <laughs> so here's the thing uh, people who listen to the show regularly I butcher people's names I'm terrible uh, at, so, at names so I, am I I'm very good at reading uh-huh. I am terrible at names and the pronunciation of names and reading names and uh, and for some reason it's when I read them it gets even worse <laughs> yeah like I'm much worse when I'm reading them if I were to like meet you and hear you I could say your name yeah. but when I'm reading and so he, that's why he <laughs> X is wise he, yeah he wrote yeah. his name as e E-Y-J-A-F-A-J-J-L-L-L-A-K-J-O-K. <laughs> Very funny, but back to the question. Is there a distinction between brain activity when determining a potential romantic relationship versus a friendship? Or is that something that, you know, is imprinted upon us?
0: mm mm-hmm. uh, I'm not exactly sure what the question is, but um, I will say this, that uh, more and more people are really starting a friendship first before they ever have um, the romantic connection. Is there a benefit to that? I think so. Mm. Um, I, I just wrote an academic article on it. There's really three ways that people are starting the relationships now, and I call it just friends. And more and more people are just having just a friendship for a long period of time, really getting to know somebody before they even kiss them. And and then there's other people who start out with uh, friends with benefits. They hop into bed and uh, get to know somebody, you know, sexually first before they tell friends and family, before they move into as a public uh, group. And then there's a third uh, style, which is inviting somebody out on a date right off the bat. But I think this uh, thing about uh, being just friends for a period of time is extremely useful. That's what I did with my men. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we just went out to, to the movies and and to the theater and this and that and um, uh, for over a year before he kissed me. Really? Yeah. And I finally oh, uh, you are asked hard him to, to
1: get. Uh, no, it Dr. wasn't Helen Fisher. It wasn't me. Mm. It was
0: him. Ah. He was standoffish. So I finally actually on a cocktail napkin one night I said to him, I said, "Can we write down what we really? Um, you know, well, we were going to go play pool, and uh, and I said, if we, if whoever wins at pool." Um uh what would they like to have? And I wrote down on my little cocktail napkin it was a secret a real kiss. I was wow. wanted a real
1: kiss. Okay. As it
0: turned out he gave me the real kiss before the game. So
1: really? it worked out. But, but did he know that that's what you wrote down on the cocktail no, napkin? No. He didn't. Oh, and really? I didn't
0: know what he had written on his cocktail napkin either. Okay, and now, by I- the way he creamed me at pool and I'm not going to say what was on his cocktail napkin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I'm the not, bottom I'm line... I'm not going to ask now. <laughs> well, you
0: can guess. But the concept is... Uh uh, the concept of this just friends mm-hmm. and being friends for a period of time and I think more and more of the millennials are really doing it I actually think people of all ages are really doing that in fact I studied that recently with Match.com uh, the Singles in America study and I asked what are the rules when you're just friends as opposed to what are the rules when you're on your first date mm-hmm. and when you're just friends you can pick the person up at their home you can go out to a fast food place
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you can split the bill you can have, take a lot of pressure off you can have two you can have more than two drinks uh-huh. uh, whereas when it's when you're on a first date you can't pick them up because you don't want to know where put they are all the uh, time exactly and you can't have more than two drinks you uh, the man has got to pay the bill etc 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 so there's many more rules now these days of the first date mm-hmm. than to being just friends and I think it's a very nice way of moving into a partnership you really get to know somebody's sense of humor see
1: and you're right well my wife and I we were just friends yeah but that's because she wanted to be friends and I didn't. <laughs> uh-huh. so we, You wanted that, to be more than friends. Oh, God, yes, yes, from the very moment I saw her. Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, I wanted to, I, I'm, I'll be very honest, I wanted to, have sex with her right there on the spot. Yeah. You know, I found her to be so attractive and I just wanted to, and she wanted nothing, you know, nothing yeah. to do with me in yeah. that sense. Yeah. You know, and then we started hanging out as friends. Yeah. But I wasn't her friend and I used to let her know that all the time. Yeah. And she tried to call me buddy one time. Yeah. Uh-huh. She was just like, oh, you're such a good buddy. I was like, don't ever call me buddy. Yeah. I'm not your buddy. Yeah. Now I'll be your friend, but yeah. I'll never be your buddy. Yeah. Because unless we're going to be, Something else, buddy. Sweethearts. (laughs) Sweethearts. Yeah, there's a word before that, buddy. But anyway, (laughs) uh, uh, enough of that. All right, well, that's cool. So um, um, I guess there is something to the Just Friends thing, uh, but it works when you're using that as a launch pad yeah. to see where it should go. You
0: know, the brain system for romantic love is like a sleeping cat. It can be awakened at any time in a partnership. Yeah. You know, there was one guy that was after me for years, and I just I just wasn't interested. And one day I fell in love with him, and I fell in love with him that day, and remained with him for 18 years. Wow!
1: Yeah. Look at that. So,
0: you know, it, it, it can happen. You can start out with sex and then move into romance. You can start with romance and then move, move into, into sex. sex. Or you can start with a deep attachment. It's just Friends, and then boom, the brain circuitry for romantic love will get triggered, or the sex drive, etc. So, these are brain systems sex drive, romantic love, and feelings of attachment, and they can visit you in any combination.
1: Cool, all right. Uh, let's move on to Kilia Sildis from Patreon, and she says, This, um, I know the documented examples of homosexual sex, pair bonding, even child rearing in the animal kingdom. Uh, but how common is this behavior are these sensationalized examples or is homosexual behavior a well established beneficial evolutionary adaptation within the animal kingdom that's a big question that's uh, a tough one that's a, and i mean i, I don't Honestly, if there was an answer for that, I think we would – if there was We'd a know. scientific empirical answer for that, yeah, you'd be answering a lot of other questions. Yeah.
0: I don't know the answer to that about other animals. I certainly know that um, there are – uh, uh, gay gay chimpa- female chimpanzees and gay horses and gay, but a lot of times, you know, male elephants, will, for example, form a bachelor herd because they can't get a female. Females travel in groups of females, and when a female is in estrus or must, we call it must, uh, for about five days, she'll go and and a male will come in and, and they'll they'll have sex for about five days and actually even snuggle and you know uh, be very affectionate too. But then afterwards, she goes back to her female group. Uh, to raise her baby by herself within the female group. So there's in a lot, of, for example, gorillas, there's a lot of male gorillas that are thrown out of the their little um, harem group when, when they become an, uh, an adult. And then they'll travel either alone or with a bachelor herd. And then you'll see males who don't have any access to females uh, expressing uh, homosexuality. homosexuality. But when they get an opportunity to form some sort of uh, partnership or even build a harem of their own, uh, they no longer Interested in it, so scientists now think that homosexuality has to do with the timing of fetal testosterone and estrogen washing over the brain. So, uh, when that timing is a little bit um, altered in one way or another, uh, you do see all kinds of animals: cats, uh, horses. Uh, uh, chimpanzees and other creatures who express genuine gay behavior. Mm-hmm. But what uh, this person is asking is what would have been the function of that? Mm-hmm. And I've never read anything about that in animals. Although there are, there's a wonderful book that I actually have at home. I'll go home and read that tonight. Um, but among people, um, the issue is how, how could have this been sustained mm-hmm. in people? Mm-hmm. And that's an, that's a s- serious question. I mean, a good percentage of, I don't know, a little less than 5% actually of men are gay and uh, and women too. It's not as many as people think. Right. But the bottom line is, I mean, the hypothesis is that, um, well, first of all, an awful lot of gay men have children. Something like uh, forty percent of of gay women have had a, have had a child anyway, and mm-hmm. about twenty percent of gay men have had a child anyway. Right. and it was probably more in the past because gayness well, wasn't had, accepted. Right,
1: you wasn't accepted, so you had to get so married. So you had to get married, and, and your marriage you was babies. a cover. Exactly, right. and
0: you might have had babies with that marriage, even right. though it didn't turn you on a lot. So there's that selection, but the um, newest data show that um, gay men. Tend to have hypersexual sisters, who have more children. Another hypothesis is that um, uh, gay uh, people tend to be what they call helpers at the nest. They don't have their own children, but they help their sisters' children or their brothers' children. So they're really helping some of their own DNA hmm. by helping
1: their relatives have children and have those children survive. That's funny. So it's like uh, they're they're. They're sympathetically passing their DNA or nurturing their DNA. Yes, they are. Sympathetically. Yes. Absolutely, that's, by helping, by by helping, helping their right. relatives. Exactly, a kin
0: selection is right. a form of yeah. kin selection. Yeah. And they actually they discovered that that was the case in a group of people in, uh, I think, the Hawaiian Islands. Mm-hmm. That they have a whole name for a certain kind of man who's sort of a gay uncle. Right. And that he does pour more of his money and more of his time into raising his brothers and his sister's children than he would if he had his own. Right. Um, and so that's how this could be passed on in human beings. Mm-hmm. I can't answer it about animals,
1: other animals. Uh, great question, great question. Let's see. I think we have time for some more in this segment. Let's uh, let's go to Naomi O'Dowd Ryan, uh, coming to us from Twitter. And Naomi says this: "What are your opinions on?" Now she says astrology. That's not astronomy, right? Astrology. Okay. Do you think people have connections that draw them together? Oh, uh, okay. So she's using astrology as a comparative um, basis. Uh, do you think people have connections that draw them together—biological, chemical, figurative, uh, magnetism—and is there a scientific reason for that? Yeah. Uh, okay. So she's equating that to. Um, astrology, which is the what's your sign and all that stuff. Yeah. But um, I guess could you say that are there are there things that actually take certain people that draw to certain people? I mean, that I think we covered that with with color, that color. Right. there certainly are right. Uh, there are deterministic factors that draw right. people together.
0: Yes, and what's interesting is I was thinking about this last night. Um, we could actually do a study. And, um, ask people their birthday. Let's say we got a thousand people and just ask them their birthday. And, and, and then had them take my neurocolor personality questionnaire. And maybe we would find that more people who are Gemini are more expressive of the dopamine system and that more people who are Capricorn were more expressive of the serotonin system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. First of all, I don't know a thing about astrology. But, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm an identical twin, and I'm a Gemini. Now, uh, How, how, how you fitting. Know, yeah, how fitting. How fitting. Um, and I'm high dopamine. So could it be that... Um, there's more light in May. I was born the last day of May, Could it, and that that light somehow affected my my n- my neural pathways to create more dopamine um, uh, responses. That who knows? Yeah. Uh, but the bottom line is I actually now have the tools to, to look into astrology. I'm not motivated to do it because a lot of people think that's c- sort of kooky. And I, and I don't um, – you know, I got a scientific reputation I got to hold on I, to. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think that it would be interesting. I mean, the thing is there's so many things that mankind sort of believes and then science proves eventually. Right. That's and, true. And um, I wouldn't be surprised. I, who knows? I don't
1: study astrology. Okay. All right. Um, but okay. we could. Okay. All right. This is uh, Havens wants to know this. Is the whole, in quotes, women are attracted to men like their father's thing true? So, uh, you you, you know, they don't just say that about women, by the way. Uh, I used to do a joke where I say, uh, they always say you marry a girl just like the girl that married your old dad, which is why I'm dating a 65-year-old woman who's going through (laughs) menopause. (laughs) Yeah, But anyway...
0: I love that. I was
1: hoping you would tell the joke. I
0: didn't want to interrupt.
1: (laughs) But yeah, um, so the fact is that you know, is is there truth to that? I mean, they don't just say that about women. Yeah. Like, you know, but you do hear two things. Well, she's got daddy issues, and that means that she's gonna have troubled relationships with men yeah. and she's easily taken advantage of. Yeah. And then you have the princess syndrome. Yeah. Where uh, you know, she's a very difficult woman to take care of or to uh to please because she's a princess and right. she's used to a man giving her everything. Is there any Truth and any of that yeah.
0: stuff. Well, you know, I mean, that's a lot of basic psychology, okay. and I'm an anthropologist rather than a psychologist, okay. and a good deal of that is probably has something to do with it. The only thing that I could actually add to that is that, you know, as we grow up, we build what I call your love map, an unconscious list of what you're looking for in a partner. Okay. And um, so, certainly, your father's going to play a role. I mean, he's around all the time. I mean, his sense of humor is going to either turn you on or turn you off. Mm-hmm. Whether he's kind or whether he's mean is going to have an impact on 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 your expectations in life. But he's not the only one. That's what bothers me. We, we're so busy saying, oh, it's my mother's fault that I'm this way, or it's my father's fault, or this and that. They, we grew up with lots of people right. around might us. might be Cousin Phil. It might, be, it might be your your primary school teacher. Right. It might be your ballet professor. I mean, it may be your, your piano, piano uh, teacher. In my case, I am, as I said, an identical twin. And my identical twin sister has a huge impact. She's very playful. Um, she was very mentally flexible. She was very creative. She always likes to laugh. And I'm sure that had a much larger impact on me than um, some of the things that my mother and father did. But there's no question. Question about it—that the people around you are going to have some impact on mm-hmm. your expectations. So that's the closest I would come to that.
1: Okay, all right, there you go. Well, I love the love map. Yeah. So the the that's fact a good that, idea. It, that I it, so, love that as a as as a criteria for figuring out. Look, this is how I got here. Like, I right. actually followed a love map to get to this right. place. You know, and it's not just one thing. It's a, a, whole, it's, pile it's a whole pile of things. And you
0: know what's interesting is um, I I give a lot of speeches to couple therapists because okay. using this my neurocolor personality styles and this and that and understanding who your partner really is. And one of the things that um, I once asked is, could you write down on a sheet of paper? Now, these are all um, couples therapists. Could you write down on a sheet of paper what your love map is? Nobody really can. We can say some basics. Now, for example, my mother was very unpredictable. Very, very unpredictable, and I was terrified of her as a child. Would I write down on my love map of what I'm looking for uh, somebody who's unpredictable? No, right. wouldn't have occurred to me. However, I'm able to tolerate unpredictable people because I grew up with it.
1: There you go. That's that's that, that makes sense. Yeah. that's that's that may be why I'm uh, I'm able to uh, tolerate to- a menopausal. Mother. <laughs> <laughs> so you, see, you see where I was going. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, that was great. I love it. Uh, wow, look at this. We are, we're out of time again on this segment.
0: We have to take a short break, but we'll have more cosmic queries when Star Talk All Stars returns. Welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. I'm Dr. Helen Fisher, your All Star host for the evening. And joining me in the studio is my comedic co host,
1: Chuck Nice. Yes. Gosh. Gosh, I love being here with you, Dr. Fisher. It is just too much, too much fun and uh, always so extremely interesting. I want to, we have we have some great questions and many of them are very, um, you know, deep and serious and then um, some are just fun to think about. But still, I think pretty serious, even though it may not sound serious. Uh, Someone writes in here, Will future generations date AI robots? So, of course, we had to get to sex robots at some point. You know? Um, What do you think of sex robots?
0: Well, you know, I did a study of sex robots. Oh, Uh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes! (laughs) First of all... Why? Why do you do a study of sex robots? Because
0: everybody's talking about it, and I wanted to know what singles thought of them. Okay, cool. And, you know, I I work with Match.com, and we do this annual study called Singles in America, and we don't poll the Match members. We poll the American singles, every age group, 18 to 71 plus, around the country, every... Uh, ethnic background, uh, etc., cetera, et cetera, And because people are talking about sex robots, I wanted to know about it. Okay. So one of the questions that I asked was, would you ever have sex with a sex robot? Uh, about 35% of men would, and about 15% of women would would. But an even much more interesting question for me, I found that, I can't quite remember what it was, but I think it was almost 50%, maybe it was about 40% of singles thought that if their partner was having sex with a sex robot, they would regard it as cheating. Really? Yes. Now, that fascinated me.
1: That is fascinating. And I
0: had to come up with an explanation. Um, And my explanation is, I mean, why would you You wouldn't be jealous of somebody's vibrator for God's sex. And I was going to say
1: yes no. I mean and by the way you said 15% of women said they would have sex with 15, a sex robot yeah. yeah I'm like they're lying because they're already having sex with a sex <laughs> robot know about that. Yeah, it's called a vibrator. All oh, right, Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's basically a sex right. robot. That's right. Exactly. When is. you think about it, it's a machine it's that no brings that stimulates it. you in, in such a way that brings you to a place of pleasure and uh, normally to a Absolutely. sexual climax. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a sex robot as yes. far as I'm concerned.
0: And me too. Yeah. Um, but I began to think why is it that so many people would regard a sex robot as cheating? Because I, I it was completely new to me. And um, You know, first of all, they're expensive. They can cost about 10,000 bucks. And so, Stick with the vibrator. that may- <laughs> get, the, get the job done. <laughs> and so maybe the kind of person that's going to use a sex bro- uh, robot is going to use it all the time. They're going to excuse themselves from the dinner table and go up and have sex with a sex robot. And that is actually denying their partner of the attachment that you can get, the jokes you can get, the physical, um, uh, joy that you can get from having sex with a person. So I guess what these people are feeling is that they're being abandoned. That the person has sunk their money and their time and their sexual energy and even maybe their sense of humor and their feelings of attachment in another direction. So well, that's the funny best because I can there guess. are some
1: people who feel like just uh, watching pornography is the same thing. Right. They feel like that's cheating Right. for what you just said because they feel as though you're replacing me. Right with these images, right and you're you don't want me, you want that fantasy, and so you'd rather be with that right. than be with me. Right,
0: and you know there's something. I mean, there's been a lot of conversation about robots stealing our jobs, and I began to think, well, wait a minute, maybe it's the same sort of thing. They're stealing our jobs and they are also
1: stealing our partners. Maybe that's how they're getting the jobs. Yeah, <laughs> they're getting the jobs by having sex with our partners, <laughs> <laughs> sleeping my way to the top. So sex did- <laughs>
0: robots. Steal- <laughs> but you know, I, um, would you have sex with a robot?
1: No, uh-huh. I like I, I like women, and what turns me on probably more than anything. God, I've never told so much about myself than when I'm with you. I love it though. Oh, Thank man. you very much. I what turns me on. Uh, probably more than anything is if a woman wants me. Yeah, that's wonderful. See, that's what that's gets that. me. And
0: by the way, when I ask that question, that's what most men say. Yeah, they want a woman. They don't. They don't even really care about a beautiful woman. They want right. a woman who's enthusiastic and enthusiastic about right. them. It's and like, why yeah. wouldn't that be exactly right?
1: Yeah, that's what you want. Yeah. You want a woman. I like a woman who's if she's looking at me. Don't have to like, spend your time talking yeah. around. To it. I, don't do me no favors. No, don't do me no favors. <laughs> don't do me no favors. Okay, you don't want to do it. You you don't want to do it <laughs> right. you know so um yeah uh, i think that that's what's exciting is like you know in, and listen i've been married for a very long time, 20 years and you know I, like even my okay. wife if my wife doesn't want to have sex i'm like okay well listen don't i don't want to do it then right. like if she's like yeah we can do it i'm like mm-hmm. no no we can't mm-hmm. okay cuz i know yeah. i want you to want it, i want you to want this yeah, however I, I have found this about women that um that if you take your time and romance, yeah. and you can actually um, kind of spark- uh, Talk her into it. Yeah. No question about it. You can spark something it. in her. We that, want that. Right. You know, so, women are contextual I might, I might just want to get into it. Like, right. hey, hey, baby, let's do this. Because you're a high testosterone. Right. So I'm right. like, yo, let's get right to this. Right. She's like, no, I'm not really about it. Now- if I really want to do it, and I'm like, you know, if I take a little time and, right. you know, make it, make it very uh, alluring and, right. you know, romance. Bring, bring some romance right. into it, right. and then I see the change, right. and now I'm excited right. because now she really wants it. Right. So it's a weird thing.
0: No, it's not weird. It's, it's what the way women, I mean, high estrogen, the high, high estrogen in my neuro color questionnaire. Uh-huh. Um, I forgot to tell you that that questionnaire is the first one in science that was uh, that ever started from brain circuitry and then was validated or proven with brain scanning studies. No other oh, wow. no other questionnaire so you put people in the world
1: in MRIs yes. Or yes. MRIs.
0: Okay. And so uh, and people who scored high on my dopamine scale in the questionnaire showed more activity in the whole pathway of the dopamine circuits, et cetera, et cetera, wow. et cetera. So it's the first in the world that is actually you proven. Have, you have confirmations. I've, yeah, I have confirmations. You have confirmations. So, I, so that's why I, I'm so excited about it, actually. but uh, But anyway, uh, people who are very high on the estrogen scale, they are they're what I call web thinkers. They're contextual, holistic, long-term thinkers. They see all the nuances. And they, in sex, we want that. We like that romancing of you. We like the tender conversation. We like being stroked and admired, etc. That does turn us on.
1: Okay. No question about it all right see i just want to do
0: it <laughs> we know you just want to do it we know you all want to just do it but we keep you we keep you circling you sir we, we like those wagons circling <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man this is great this is venno uh venno says this uh with advancements in telecommunications over the years, sustaining long-distance relationships seems a bit more feasible. Do you think that virtual reality will ever have a place in the future of true romance? So I, what gotta, do they mean by pr- virtual reality? Uh, I like um, seeing, so oh, seeing see. a hologram of somebody or putting on a, a pair of goggles and seeing them sitting in front of you and I uh, conducting the relationship that way. So the person's right. not really there, right? I mean, I I did that for years. My wife went away to school. Oh, yeah, I was in Philadelphia. She was at Rutgers. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, we talked right. on the of phone course. every single night.
0: Yes, you know, I I have um, I've been interested in this, and I've done some various things with it. You know, there's people who are long distance truck drivers, ah. and they're you know, and they're gone for 30 days, or they're you know, and then they're home for 10, and then they're gone again, and then and then there are people who have a partner who is overseas as part of the uh, armed services, and there's people who um, have a job that takes them you know two or three weeks in in a row off to Asia and come back, and they they find various forms of virtual reality. Now, I remember uh, a man who was a truck driver, and he kept a um, he had a screen and he was able to watch his wife sleep at night. Now that she sounds a little creepy. <laughs> well, she liked it and he liked it. Yeah, if you, know. you both like it, it's fine. Yeah. Two
1: consenting adults. Who am I to judge? Yeah. And
0: ahead. then on Skype, uh, I knew a young girl and she was at Yale and her boyfriend was at Penn, and they would cook dinner together on Skype. Or they would that's watch a cute. movie, and I knew another couple, and her husband was in Iraq, and um, they would watch a movie together. Um, you know, by virtual reality. I mean, it would you know right. they had to get the timing right and all right. that. So I do think that this these are good ways to to stay in touch with somebody, and that's what you really need.
1: Interesting. That's uh, you know I never thought of it that way. I never really thought of it that way, but uh, you're right. It's really about connection. It's, it's, about, it's connection? Just about connection. About connection. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. All right, let's. Uh, this is James Tagal. I think it's James Tagal. I don't know. Um, from Instagram says this If sex is originally designed for procreation and thus is pleasurable as a reward system for continuing the species, then as sex. Is uh, As sex used more and more for pleasure and less for procreation due to contraception, does that mean that the pleasure from it might get lessened or mm-hmm. weeded out as we evolve because there is no longer a largely one-to-one relationship between uh sex and having a baby? Mm-hmm. That's a lot, but I think I know what he's saying here. Right.
0: I think, well... It gives me the opportunity to say something that I think is rather important. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, I don't think sex is just about uh, procreation. Thank you. Um, um, sex I mean, is about sex. Sex, and, sex is about romance and attachment, yes, too. Yes, I, I that. mean, that. But when, it all feels good. Any stimulation of the genitals drives up the dopamine system in the brain and can help sustain feelings of intense romantic love. And then with orgasm, there's a real flood of oxytocin and vasopressin linked with feelings of deep attachment. So when you have sex with somebody, you're not only stimulating actually the testosterone system, so you want more sex. But you're also stimulating this brain system for romantic love mm-hmm. and you're stimulating the brain system for deep feelings of attachment. And we are an animal that raises our babies as a team. And you want to be able to sustain not only the sex drive, but feelings of romance for your partner and feelings of deep attachment for your partner. Okay. So, so the it's more important- sex you
1: have with the partner... The more good sex, more the good, good sex. sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that lets me out. Not that. Oh well, uh, but the more uh, sex and the, the good feelings that come from it, right? That leads to deeper attachments to the yes. same person. Yes, it does. Which leads to more sex. Yes. Which leads to. So it's yes. like this, yes. this never ending so feedback not, loop.
0: That's a, so you're not just um, doing it for procreation. You're doing it for being good parents, for being good partners, uh, for being uh, probably successful at work in other ways. I mean, sex is good for you. It's, it's good for the eyes, it's good for the skin, it's good for the lungs, it's good for the bladder, it's good for the muscles, and it's good for the sense of humor. You know, it's very Especially good. <laughs> the way I do
1: it, you better have a sense of humor if you're having sex with me. I'm just letting you know because well, you're gonna be laughing.
0: <laughs> same with me. Uh, and uh, so the bottom line is, I I wouldn't even agree that it uh, that so it's you, just so, for appropriation so in in people, in people in people. We're a pair bonding animal. For millions of years, we've needed to form a, a sustain a long term partnership to raise our babies. Our babies are the 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 weakest, the the, the most vulnerable of any species on earth and it takes one man and one woman if not a whole village to help raise those babies and if the man and woman can get into bed regularly and sustain feelings of romance for each other and attachment for each other they're doing more than just uh, procreating they are creating an environment where children can grow up and be healthy and pass their DNA so now um, let
1: me ask you this with respect to that because I agree with everything you just said especially the fact that uh, it's not just for procreation Um, can you lose that in a relationship and recognize that you have lost it which happens and then regain it by doing what you just said
0: yeah i think you can but i think that you you know i mean if you if you if you suddenly find that you're married to an alcoholic or or somebody who's very cruel mm-hmm. or or somebody who's very lazy mm-hmm. or or somebody who, you know, I mean, if there's real problems in the relationship, I would guess it, that it's going to be... It's, it's not, not going to help. help. Um, but I think that if you've just gotten bored, right? Um, yes, I think you can re-stimulate it. And, you know, you see a lot of people who, finally, the children leave
1: the nest, and they'll have a whole new romance with their partner. Yeah, or somebody and, then, and then, may, then they end up having another damn baby. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm just I don't know what happened there I just my whole life just gotten. yeah oh god oh god yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. exactly what happened though yeah it sounds uh, like it yeah well, well we had the two and they were like okay now they can take care of themselves and you rediscover one another and it's just yeah. like wow I forgot you're such a cool person yeah god you're so hot and man this is great and then I'm pregnant damn <laughs> damn
0: <laughs> damn
1: <laughs> well she's
0: gonna go through menopause one of these centuries and then maybe you're gonna Get what you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it is good being older. I mean, I've gotten older, and um, there's, there's some there's some real um, joys of, of no longer uh, being fear of pregnancy yeah. and and uh, beginning to look back at your life instead of just wondering where the hell you're going and how you're going to get there and all right. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: looking forward to those days. Yeah. I'm looking forward to menopause. <laughs> 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 oh man look at this we are out of time again gosh i tell you we got to do this more often well, that's be wonderful you're just a charmer oh please <laughs> are you kidding me you're the best this is fantastic god i wish we had more time
0: you've been listening to star talk all stars thanks to my co-host chuck nice for being with us today always a pleasure i've been your host dr helen fisher until next time stay curious